0: Welcome to the BioCurious Podcast, a place for you to be curious about your biology and discover new ways to upgrade and optimize your mind, body, and human performance. The guests on this podcast are trained experts in the fields of functional health, holistic wellness, and biohacking, who share my passion to provide useful and actionable information with all of you that I hope will help you to live your best life. I'm so happy that you're here, and I'm excited to get curious together. Today, I'm here with my good friend, Megan Kober, who's also known as the Nutrition Addiction on Instagram. Megan is a registered dietitian based here in Atlanta who teaches sustainable nutrition and lifestyle practices that help her clients get healthy and lose weight without having to completely give up the finer things in life, like a glass of wine. Megan's philosophy is that the body is a science project, not a math equation. So her goal is not to help people decrease calories, but rather to help them increase their metabolism, which actually has much more value than just a diet or meal plan alone. So Megan, thank you so much for being here today. Can you tell us about your work as a dietitian and how you got into the field of health and nutrition?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I became a dietitian about ten years ago. Went to Iowa State University, and when I graduated, it was two thousand nine. So any any two thousand nine ers out there who graduated that year understands that the jobs were pretty limited. Um, No one in my class got jobs, (laughs) so I had to kind of have a backup, which was bartending. Um, I bartended throughout my internship. And so luckily I was able to kind of fall back on that. I then bartended for oh, probably way too long. Um, <laughs> economy was fine, but I just never felt like I knew what I wanted to do. I knew, I remember in my class, I was like, I want to work for myself. You know what? My dad worked for himself. I knew in my mind that I just did not want to work in the hospital. I didn't want to work in food service. So but, you know, it was different at that time because there wasn't, there wasn't Instagram. There was barely, you know, social media. And so it was just, the whole landscape looked completely different than it is now. And I then got like some crazy opportunity to move down to Atlanta. I didn't really think it was probably going to work out, but I was like, I'm just going to do it. It just feels right. So I came down here. Um, the job opportunity did not work out, but it was at that point that I needed some sort of creative outlet for my love for nutrition. And so that's when I started the Nutrition Addiction, made my little blog myself, and I wanted it to focus on teaching people that healthy eating doesn't have to be hard. I mean, that was kind of like the main theme because really at the time there was food blogs were really popular, but they were all just so like, beautiful, you know, these beautiful pictures of these fancy meals that you'd have to, you know, go to the farmer's market every weekend and buy all these, like, fresh exotic ingredients, and people love to read them, but in reality, you know, a mom or a 23-year-old isn't going to go out and buy those ingredients and make those foods, mm-hmm. so healthy eating just didn't seem very approachable to me, and I wanted to show people, like, you can make these really good, healthy buffalo chicken tacos that are delicious, and your whole family's going to like them, <laughs> um, and, you know, that are going to take you 10 minutes, so that's what it started out as. And it really just evolved. I was like, man, I kind of want to make money doing this. This is fun. And so I started seeing clients one-on-one and the overall theme that I saw, and you know, this must've just been the type of people that were drawn to me Mm -hmm. were women who had really had, you know, yo-yo dieted for years, were on really restrictive, low calorie diets. And then, um, you know, they'd fall off and they'd gain all the weight back um, women who had a lot of gut issues thyroid issues just mm-hmm. you know inflammation all those things and what I started to really see was that they had really low functioning metabolisms you know they were they would be eating 1200 calories and not losing weight I'm like well, god there's something wrong here you know yeah so that's really what I started to throw myself into was helping these women heal their metabolisms and rub them back up and not, you know, lose weight, not by decreasing their calories, but by actually increasing their metabolism, which is way more fun, right? Like, who doesn't want to do that? (laughs) Um, So then it was at that point that I also started realizing, so these women are losing weight, they're losing fat, they're, you know, just loving the results, they're sleeping better, they're busting sugar cravings but they're also becoming happier because they're losing all that anxiety that they have around food. And I just started hearing over and over again, like, Oh my God, I'm not like constantly thinking about my next meal. Like I'm, you know, I feel like I have food freedom. I can go on vacation and not gain weight. And that was the piece that was so important to me because, you know, I, I went through, you know, high school, college, and beyond with all these like crazy food anxieties. And, you know, I gained, I was 15 or 20 pounds heavier than I was now. And it wasn't until I, you know, healed that and I really healed my mind that I could, you know, lose the weight. And I was like, oh man, wow, there's like such a connection between the way you think about food and the results that you get. Um, and so I got really passionate about just like sharing that with the world. And that's how I came up with this program that I have. It's the 30 day metabolism makeover. And I, you know, kind of condensed everything that I was doing with my one-on-one clients and put it into this program so that I could really share it with the world. And I wasn't just limited to, you know, having one-on-one clients. So that's where I'm at now.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I love how you combine both your knowledge in nutrition and nutrition science with, what is actually like functional and your personal experience so um and it's really cool that you're coming from it from the approach of healing and actually changing your biology your metabolism rather than just trying to drop pounds or do some crash diet um so it's awesome that you come from that viewpoint because i think that that's a lot more impactful than just providing somebody with some meal plan without any education to go along with that. So, I know that if within like the biohacking community, there's a group that are proponents of the paleo diet and the ketogenic diet and I agree with a lot of the concepts of all the different diets and principles around paleo and keto, but I think that there are more broad, just general concepts that are more important, like not having processed food, cutting out processed sugar, and um, trying to keep like toxins out of your diet. So I was curious from your perspective, what are like the most important general concepts that people should follow? Not necessarily like a diet, but maybe just guidelines to live their life by
1: yeah sure so if I were to just, you know to put this simply if, if if I were to have one hour with someone and we were to go through just a few things that they could do, like you said, guidelines mm-hmm. that they could do to really elevate their health very simple p h f f um mm-hmm. extremely clever acronym <laughs> that I've come up with that works well though it's protein healthy fat and fiber mm. and if you just get those three things. I mean, if we're just, if we're getting like so simple here and you're getting those three things at every meal, you're going to be doing exponentially better than you were yesterday. Probably now, of course, I'm going to be examining your diet and I'm going to be seeing what you're doing, but most people, you know, don't think in terms of that. Like they just sit down and they just eat mindlessly and, or they're eating like low calorie or low carb or, you know, low, whatever, whatever the, you know, most recent fad diet is. Mm-hmm. And even with keto, you know i think I think this can work with any quote unquote diet. I work with people who are keto who are vegan, who are plant based who whatever you know the list goes on if you 're getting some protein, some healthy fat, and some fiber at every meal, things are just going to work a whole lot better. Um, these three macronutrients eating it at every single meal is going to help you keep your blood sugar really steady um, the the healthy fat and the fiber really sort of slow everything down and, you know, prevent you from getting blood sugar spikes. Um, Every time you spike your blood sugar, you spike your insulin. And when you spike your insulin, your body goes into fat storing mode. So, you know, minimizing that as much as possible is, is really the goal. So you're getting your healthy fat and your fiber that's slowing everything down. The protein is great for, you know, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of your Uh, listeners are probably well-versed in this, but just in case, we'll, you know, we'll go over it, but the thermo effect of food that you get from protein is much higher than from, uh, from healthy fat and fiber. So really what that means is you just burn a lot more calories when you are getting, you know, a protein source at every meal. Mm -hmm. So that's why that's important. And protein is also really important because it's the most satiating macronutrient, it keeps us full. So you're getting your protein to keep you full, to help you burn calories You're getting your healthy fat to kind of slow down digestion to slow down the, you know, your blood sugar spikes and you're getting your fiber again too, to kind of slow everything down. And also fiber just really expands in your stomach and it makes you feel full. It turns off all those hunger hormones. So there's a few things going on here. We're keeping blood sugar, you know, steady so that our bodies can be more in a fat burning mode. And we're also just staying full a lot longer. Um, though, you know, the combination of those three, Nutrients is really satiating. You know, you shouldn't be hungry two hours after a meal. You should be able to go at least four hours without eating. You know, we mm-hmm. kind of live in this world, uh, you know, over the last twenty years that have taught us that we need to be eating every two or three hours to keep our metabolism revved up. And that's just not. That's just really not the case. Our bodies were certainly not. I mean, evolutionarily, we're not meant to eat every two hours. That wouldn't. Mm-hmm. That wasn't possible years ago. So, that would be. that's like my top thing that I, you know, go through with people the first time we sit down is to make sure they understand. And it's, I just think it's so simple and yeah, we can get a lot more complicated. We can get into keto. We can get into, uh, you know, different biohacking mechanisms that will help you, you know, burn more fat more quickly. But that, if you don't have that foundation, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get very far.
0: Yeah. I'm always about keeping it simple and going back to, you know, the basic common denominator for health and wellness in general. And that's usually just getting the right nutrients that your body needs and avoiding the things that are toxic to your body, for instance, processed sugar. And a lot of those things are also things that will make you fat. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) so it's, it's refreshing to hear that from you. So you mentioned a few of like the sources of food that people should aim to have, but are there any like specific practices around eating that really are like your top metabolism boosting hacks?
1: Okay, so one thing that I think everyone can do is a 12 hour fast, 14 hour fast, 16 hour fast, 18 hour fast, those are seem to be popular right now, you know, amongst the intermittent fasting community, and that can be great for a lot of people. but everyone can do a 12 hour fast. You stop eating at seven o'clock at night. You don't need to get until seven o'clock in the morning. One thing that is really nice about this is I find that it just curbs late night snacking. Um, mm-hmm. Late night snacking a lot of times is not out of hunger. It's just out of habit. It's out of boredom. So if you know, like, okay, I got to get my 12 hour fast in, you're going to be so much likely to, so much less likely to go drive by the kitchen and like grab a handful of pretzels or you know whatever it may be. So yeah really affected that way, but it also is just a, such a nice break for your digestive system. It works so hard all day. We output so much energy, um, with our digestive system. And so just to be able to kind of let it relax and take a break and work on other things in our bodies, um, is really, really nice. And we don't really think about that, you know, but we need to give our digestive system a break. So that's number one, everyone can do a 12 hour fast. And then easing in to the day. So again, we're paying, we're really taking care of our digestive systems here. Having a smoothie, having a low, I love just like a loaded protein coffee, you know, with collagen and maybe some MCT oils and ghee. I personally do half and half sometimes too. I, um, I can tolerate dairy, um, maybe some Acacia fiber. You know, I I like to load up my coffee for my first meal, bulletproof coffee, anything like that, that is liquid that is just going to be real easy for our bodies to digest. And then going into lunch and dinner, you know, it just kind of depends on who you are, uh, how many carbohydrates you need, how much you're working out. But generally I like to save, you know, the starchier carbs. If you're, if you're eating starchy carbs for, a, you know, your later meal. And so all day you're sort of just easing your body into eating heavier foods. Mm-hmm. And I think that method right there. Yeah. It's great for fat burning. It's great for your metabolism, but it's also just really good for bloating and energy levels and the way that you feel when I you know, switch clients into eating more, you know, lighter at the beginning of the day, and then progressively getting a little heavier towards the end of the day, I find that they just have so much more energy, so much more brain power throughout the day because they're not, you know, spiking their blood sugar and crashing and spiking and crashing and that is just Mm -hmm. so exhausting. And, you know, it's exhausting, number one, but it also puts your body in a a fat storing mode. So you're getting both, you know, you're burning more fat and you have more energy throughout the day when you're sort of eat in that structure.
0: Yeah, I definitely practice eating in that way too. A lot of times I will do like a 16 hour fast, but also I just listen to my body too. So it's like, I wake up and I'm Starving first thing in the morning, then I go ahead and eat even if I was planning on fasting because that's what my body is telling me that I need that day. Um, so I think it's more about kind of being intuitive about what your body is telling you and listening to it. However, that doesn't mean like listening to cravings for sugar or something like that. Um, and also, if you eat that way where you're eating kind of lighter in the morning, keeping your energy up, keeping your brain focused, and then you go to heavier foods in the evening. I've personally noticed that that actually helps me to fall asleep if I have like my heavier meal in the evening. Yeah, definitely. And you made
1: a really good point when you said, you know, when you mentioned just being able to listen to your body and and be in tune. So many people like that to me, when I say that out loud, I was like, well, like that's so easy to you. That's Mm -hmm. so for so many people. That's so difficult because they've been following a plan. They've been, you know, hitting specific macros every meal. And they just totally forget, you know, they're following all these rules. They totally forget that their bodies tell them exactly what they need. And they're so out of tune that it makes it really difficult. And so one thing that I do with clients that, you know, works really well and kind of helps them to start to condition them to start listening to their bodies more is, you know, we start with, like I said, protein, healthy fat and fiber, So we're getting maybe like 20 grams of protein. I mean, I'm just going to kind of throw some numbers out. Mm -hmm. Four ounces of protein or whatever. One or two servings of fat. So like half an avocado or tablespoon of olive oil. And then fiber, you know, veggies, tablespoon of two chia seeds, flax seeds. Okay, so you start there. And then if that keeps you full for, generally I say at least four hours. I think that's a pretty good window. Mm -hmm. Um, If that keeps you full for at least four hours, then you're good to go. But if it doesn't, if you find you're getting hungry after two hours, then, you know, you need to add more food. So it's really fun to watch people say like, you know, gosh, I notice on days that I work out in the morning that I have to add an extra serving of fat or I have to add an extra serving of protein at lunch. And they start to kind of figure that out. So
0: I wanted to ask you, since you are known to be the vodka loving dietitian, (laughs) um, for your Instagram page, which I love. What type of alcohol is both like least damaging as far as to your metabolism and your gut health, and also is kind of the healthy way to enjoy an adult beverage?
1: Okay, alcohol. Uh, One of my favorite subjects, just because I think it's something that most people in the nutrition community kind of say like, okay, if you wanna lose weight, if you wanna be healthy, you gotta cut out the alcohol. and I. totally disagree with that. It is not healthy. Alcohol is a poison. So let's just put that out there. But it's also something that is a part of a lot of people's social lives. And if Mm -hmm. you are going to, if you're going to cut it out and you're going to cut out your whole social life, like, you know, what's the point? Like, what's the point of living if you, not to say that you have to drink alcohol to live, but that's certainly not the case. But I think, you know, it's important to community is important and relationships important connections are important. That involves a glass of wine, like involves a glass of wine. So how do we do it in a way that we're not gaining weight? If you think about alcohol as a poison, you know, it's passing through your liver, your body's trying to get rid of it as quickly as possible. So it's not focused on other non-essential functions like your metabolism. So you want to be really careful about what kind of alcohol you're consuming and what you're consuming with the alcohol. So like, a vodka cranberry, not going to be a good option, right? Because cranberry juice is loaded with sugar. So anything really with sugar is not going to be a good option because what a lot of people don't understand is alcohol in itself, our bodies don't really like to store it as fat, but it loves to store sugar as fat. So while we're not necessarily storing the vodka as fat, we're going to be storing the cranberry juice or the Coca-Cola or the, you know, what the pineapple juice, whatever it is, the simple syrup, the agave, anything like that, our bodies are immediately going to just want to store this fat because it's, it's, it's not, it's like, it's like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not concerned about your metabolism right now. I'm worried about getting this, you know, tequila out of your system. So Mm -hmm. that's really the easiest way I can kind of describe it. So you really want to make sure you're choosing liquors or alcohols that don't have a lot of stuff added to it. You don't want extra sugars. It's kind of why I don't really like beer, and even, you know, some wines, like especially cheaper wines that have a lot of additives and junk, because those things are all also going to be filtered through your liver. And we're already putting such a big toxic load on our liver by consuming alcohol that, you know, anything like that is going to even further slow down your metabolism. So really like just, you know, a simple vodka soda or, you know, a tequila soda, or maybe a margarita with... No agave, you know, something that just has straight high quality liquor um, and no added sugar. That is always going to be your best bet. Now, I know you're probably going to ask me about wine because who doesn't love wine? If you're going for a wine, my general rule of thumb is like do one glass, but look for, you know, you want to pick a wine that's not super sweet. Now, this can be hard because there's there's nothing on the label that tells you, you know, how much sugar is in the wine. Yeah. But you know just kind of learning like what the sweeter wines are, Riesling, whites and Pindale, Moscato, like those are going to be super sweet and have a lot of sugar added. Anything else is going to be, you know, better and looking for wines that aren't from the US is also a pretty good idea because in the U.S. we can add, there are, I believe it's over 300 additives that are approved by the FDA to be added to wine without putting it on the label. So wow. yeah, isn't that terrifying? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so look, look for um, an imported wine or just organic, um, you know, anything, even if it's from the U.S., if it's organic, it's probably going to be It's not going to have as much stuff added to it. And if it does have stuff added, it'll be organic.
0: So I like to ask all of my guests a couple of questions because I consider the people that I interview on the podcast to be high performers. Um, And so I like to know from my high performers, um, if you do have a morning routine, what does that look like?
1: Yes. So every morning I very first thing i do is i lay there and i take four really slow deep breaths and Mm -hmm. the reason i do this is because i have high cortisol in the morning i've had it checked and so if you are someone especially that you have high cortisol in the morning um or if you suspect you do because i feel like you sometimes you just kind of (laughs) know um it's so, it, it naturally lowers your cortisol. Your cortisol is naturally high in the morning. So, you know, no matter what, it's going to be higher than normal. So just laying there, doing those four slow breaths, is just a really nice way to kind of ease right into the morning. I get up, I drink 16 ounces of water right away. Um, I walk my dogs, <laughs> I wash my face, I brush my teeth, all the kind of normal stuff. And then um, I have recently been making celery juice. I don't know if it's really doing anything for me, but I, I started doing it just to see. <laughs> well, you'll have to check back in with me and, and see if I continue this for more than a week. But, um, and then I just kinda, I get myself to the gym. Um, if I don't go first thing in the morning, then I'm never gonna go. So, mm-hmm. go to the gym, get in a workout. I typically only work out about 30 minutes. Um, and I've been really focusing on weightlifting recently. And I just feel like these things, so getting up and taking, you know, taking the slow breaths, getting outside right away with my dogs. I like to do the light right away in the morning. It's also something mm-hmm. really good if you have higher cortisol. Um, And just getting a little movement, you know, we go on maybe a 20 minute walk and then coming home and getting myself right to the gym. I have an apartment gym. All of these things sort of just start to ant me up for the day, but in a way that's not like crazy. I don't, you know, I used to wake up and just like immediately work out immediately, um, you know, jump in the shower. And now I definitely start a little slower because I know that I have, you know, the higher cortisol in the morning. Mm -hmm. and then and that's it it's you know it's nothing like super fancy super crazy um but it works for me one more thing i will say too is that i am very very diligent about starting my mornings slow with my food too and i said this earlier but i find it so incredibly important for me to do some sort of liquid breakfast like i said i usually do like a protein coffee or a bulletproof coffee um and then you know Later, my I have a really light lunch, and that is. So, if if you have, if you if you don't do this, give it a try because I promise you, like it just gives me so much more energy and brain power throughout the day. That's so important for me.
0: Yeah. So, um, and this may be the answer to this next question, but I also like to ask all of my guests um, if you could provide just one piece of tangible advice. For our listeners that would have the greatest impact on their overall health and wellness. It could be nutrition based or it could be, um, you know, lifestyle based. What would that be?
1: Honestly, I'm going to say get eight hours of sleep and we haven't even talked about sleep, but (laughs) oh my gosh, like that's going to even Trump, you know, the nutrition you and I think I recently saw, Kayla, maybe you can back me up on this. I don't know if you've seen it, but they're, now they're saying even eight and a half hours of sleep is ideal. I haven't read the study yet, so I'm not sure, but th- your whole body depends on you sleeping at night. I, every function, I mean, you can pretty much trace back any issue that you have to <laughs> sleep. Um, and if you're not getting enough of it your, your, your performance is going to be much less throughout the day. You know, your brain's not going to work as well. Your metabolism is going to be majorly suppressed. Your hunger hormones and your satiety hormones get totally out of whack. That's why you're always hungry and you're craving more foods, um, you know, when you don't get enough sleep. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we could go on and on about sleep. Yeah. So that's it.
0: Sleep is definitely the number one factor for health and wellness. So I totally agree, but it's
1: also the hardest thing, at least for me. Well, and I think that's why so many people say it and bring it up is yes, it is extremely important, but it's something that we all know is so important, but we just, it's the hardest, you know, and it's something that we don't, even me, like I'm a, I'm such a hypocrite right now. I like slept like crap the last two nights, you know, but yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, you know, for busy people like us, it's just hard because there's so many, waking hours in the day. So if you need to find more hours in the day, the only place to find those is at night when you're supposed yeah. to be sleeping. So unfortunately, that's kind of the, the pro- where the problem stems from. But also, if you get more sleep and prioritize your sleep, you'll actually be more effective and more focused at what you're doing throughout the day. So you may actually end up needing less time in the end. That is so true. So let me ask you this now. What is your best sleep hack? So my best sleep hack, like we had talked about earlier, it's about what I eat and at what times throughout the day. That has a huge impact on my sleep. But the other one is because I'm a researcher and I'm in school full-time, I'm on a screen up until the time I go to bed. So blue light really messes with your circadian rhythm and it it really inhibits your ability to fall asleep and stay asleep and get restful sleep so blocking blue light with glasses changing the settings on my phone not watching any sort of tv or anything before bed um, and if i can just like reading a an actual paper book before bed have been the the things that helped me to fall asleep the, the
1: easiest I love the reading the paper book. That is so key. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, if our
0: listeners are interested in learning more about you, or if they want to learn about your metabolism makeover program, or if they just want to connect with you and reach out to you, where is the best
1: place to find you? Best place to find me. I'm going to give you two spots on Instagram. That's definitely my primary uh, mode of communication. And I am just at the nutrition addiction. Don't forget the, the, the nutrition addiction. <laughs> um, and then my website, the And that's where you can, you know, just find out more about me and my programs and you know, all that.
0: Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thank you. This was fun.
0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning into the bio curious podcast today. If you found today's episode interesting, please feel free to leave a review. And also, I would love it if you took a screenshot of the episode and shared it on your social media so that others can find the podcast too. And as always, I love connecting with all of you and getting your feedback. So if you have any comments or questions about today's episode, please feel free to send me a direct message on Instagram. My handle is biocurious underscore Kayla. Looking forward to connecting with you, and I'll see you next time.